Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, fired up on a Thursday morning, January 5th, 2023, 29 degrees in the capital city. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I'm Jack. Uh, and uh, in studio with me, Caleb Henry, Program and Sports Director. Got Mark Vale in the KLIN and Newsroom. And uh, Chris Lofgren will be along shortly with Time Saver Traffic. And we've got a busy show for you today. Uh, Thursday, meaning uh, we are giving tickets away. We always do that on Thursdays. We find the best events, games, concerts, and beyond. And we uh, snag some tickets to them. We give them to you every Thursday at 710. Today, we got tickets to Nebraska men's basketball next week, I believe Tuesday night, against the Illinois Fighting Illini for a big night in Pinnacle Bank Arena as the Huskers come back home. And uh, if you want to go to that game, be listening at 710. We are going to play the lie detector game. Got another classic lie detector game coming up, just loosely based on current events, I would say. Uh, but we're going to have some fun with that at 710. So you need to play for the tickets or play along in your car or at home while you are getting ready for this day. Uh, also on the show today, uh, we are going to have Robin and Dave, the Grow Lincoln team. They have done their full analysis that they do at the end, beginning uh, of year, uh, the year around the new year, um, where they go through and they've got the full list of openings and closings when it comes to restaurants in town. And this is handy for us as we, you know, don't look now, but we are mere weeks away from starting to get into much madness. So this is a good thing to be aware of for that. And it's interesting always to look at kind of the trends, uh, chains, local places, uh, types of types of foods, cuisine, all of those things. We'll get into that with them at 810 this morning. And then at 835, uh, we have Greg Sharp off today. So we uh, we made a call to the bullpen. We're going to do our monthly visit with Dr. Ken Dewey. Uh, today at 8.35. So we look forward to having him on and uh, give us an idea of how long this little streak is going to go. While it hasn't been like incredibly super wildly pleasant outside, uh, the temperatures have been above average. And we see every time we look at those 18 to 14 day, 8 to 14 day outlook maps, Nebraska is always splotched with some shade of red all the way into now into what two thirds of the way through the month of January. And so we'll talk to Dr. Dewey about exactly what that means, how long that is going to go, uh, and if there is any sense of a return to Arctic air, snow, those sorts of things is in the cards for this month or beyond. So that's what we have on tap for you today. And I will say good morning to Mark Vale in the KLIN newsroom. Mark, how are we doing this morning? Present. Present. Uh, and Caleb Henry. Hello. Also here. All right. There we go. Um, <laughs> no, you're there. Oh, I'm yeah. here. Yes, here. Well, I'm, I was just, I'm here. I, uh, I was interesting watching Caleb in your uh, do your you when you were doing your news, Mark. He, he at, at first it sounded like he found out of a crime that happened uh, where he lives, and then he was like, "Oh no, yeah, I was there when 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 that was happening." <laughs> I, 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 I saw the police vehicles there. I saw what they were looking. Just at. to clarify, <laughs> I'm not saying Caleb participated in the crime. He already did his crime for the last week or two, uh, obviously on the South Belt. Way, but um, did you hear what happened yesterday? No, now what happened? Officer Chad texted me. Yeah, he got pulled over. <laughs> he, wait, he got pulled. Does he want you to share this? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, we'll talk with him next Wednesday. Uh, what he, he texts me and he says, "You jinxed me," and he got uh, pulled over for speeding. <laughs> oh no! Not necessarily <laughs> on the Beltway, I assume, but wow. Uh, um, Nebraska Parkway and Thirty Third. Oh wow! Okay, so on. <laughs> yeah, just as good. I mean, <laughs> old Deuce. Oh man, I cannot. I wow. All right. Well, I'm always interested in what that conversation is like when. Come on, man. A police one of one of his colleagues most likely pulls him over uh, and is oh it's you like you have to I wonder what you have to do in that situation like write you, the ticket I guess so but but yeah. we don't know if it was sheriff or state patrol or right all right Bill Caleb didn't know that on his but turns out it was state patrol with Caleb so. Um, so anyway, but yes, uh, yeah, there was, what was going on over, uh, at those apartments, Caleb, was there some kind of a heist going on? Some kind of a Ocean's Eleven style? Ex- ex- no, it just looked like it was a, a vehicle, right? A, okay. Yeah. But the thing was, is that, uh, it all contained a bunch of, uh, uh, locksmith tools. Mm-hmm. Keys. Oh, that's where that happened. Yeah, it was yeah. a ton. I heard the dollar value was like yeah, a ridiculous $24,000, $25,000 yeah. worth of equipment. You know, Jeez. key uh, programmers and, yeah. and all kinds of locksmith. Well, and the thing gosh. about apartment complexes, mine included, which we're talking about Tanglewood there, but you see it at a lot of others, is there are a lot of professionals. Whether it's they're they're working for a plumbing company, locksmith, what what have you, there are a lot of tools around. Yeah, there's a lot of equipment around, and if you start to get into the people that rent out the garages, there's a lot of equipment in those garages. Like there, there's a lot of stuff there, so you definitely got to keep it locked up. Um, and then some people are just bound to determine they're going to break into stuff. Yeah, yeah, and this was a broken driver's yeah. window. I mean, yeah, the the vehicle was locked and and all of that, but yeah, yeah. Uh, we got, we had a, uh, yeah, I guess we talked about this already on the show, but, um, we had an incident at, at our home with the car getting broken into over the holiday break. So hmm. got to remember just how unpleasant that situation is. And the, the, it's just that, that feeling of that someone was in there rifling around and, and, uh, going through your stuff and, um, and in, in our case, throwing it all over the neighborhood for some reason, because they were not looking for anything that didn't bring immediate spendable value. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a it's a crappy it's a crappy feeling. And with auto, you know, auto thefts and auto break ins on the rise in the capital city, I know there are a lot of people who have dealt with that. Uh, it, it's it is uh, not a victimless crime in this. Correct. Case. Yeah. Uh, legislature has started, so they, they, we're, uh, they we're accomplished. Going. They accomplished something. The U.S. House represented. That's true. <laughs> they said they kicked the can down the road on the contentious debate about rules and said, "You know what? We're not going to do this twice. Yep. We're gonna we're gonna talk about the secret ballots in committee, um, and and we'll deal with that later. Actually, during the session, and so they still went ahead and voted on committee chairs yesterday." with the secret ballot process and just wild and wacky results of that. I'm totally kidding. Uh, pretty much exactly kind of what you would expect. Yeah, it was voice, uh, voice vote. So I'm not like I'm not sure that it was. Yeah, I don't. It, uh, I I'm not sure you would have had any kind of a, a different scenario. You know, you replaced probably the most notable one is you replaced the the head of the education um, uh, committee. Lynn Walls is out there. Dave Merman um, was selected. Right, Mer- Merman was in, and then John know, Arch was elected speaker. New speaker from uh, from the La Vista. La Vista. I was going to say Papillion La Vista area and uh yeah i mean like nothing 
it, it wasn't like there was a real, you know, shocking undercurrent of people voting for uh, no. uh, people out in the outside of the political majority there. Yeah, um, could be that, a little so. different today, though. Why is Expecting that? a um, uh, constitutional amendment, uh, to, expecting it to be introduced today, uh, that would do away with the unicamera. I saw this. Yeah, this would... Uh, Senator this, Steve Erdman. Uh, Erdman wants to do this. So he would create a bicameral legislature, uh, and here's how it would look, according to uh, according to the proposal and uh, in, in what he said about it. It would add a second house to the legislature, So, and that would have 31 members who would represent three counties each. So this would be... Um, this would be kind of like your Senate to some degree. Right. You're, you're where the population. You're just grouping three. Ca- oh, you're grouping all these sets of three counties, no matter what the population is. So mm-hmm. uh, somebody would have, you know, what Lancaster, Seward, and York, or something. Maybe I don't. I don't know if that's how it would go. But um, in, in and then there would be another one. I'm sure up in you know in in the Panhandle where you would have a group of three counties yeah, that would have a fraction. Dawson, Box, Butte, and yeah, Gordon. Right. And and then the second house, the lower house, would have 62 members representing districts apportioned by population. So that would be more similar to the current uh, state Senate, but would but have, it would have larger uh, larger membership, right. uh, essentially. And, and representing fewer people as a result. And, and the idea, yeah, and representing fewer people as a result, yes. And is this, how how is this being introduced? Like, where does the voting on this happen? This will be a constitutional amendment, so this will have to go to the people. It uh, will not pass. No, this isn't going to get out of the legislature. No, well, I, I would doubt it. Well, and immediately, if you already have people saying that you don't want <laughs> the current legislators to make more than the bare bones that they're making, you're not going to pay for more people to go be in government. Right. Right. Um, that said, the the idea here is to give better representation oh, to smaller, you know, to 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 smaller parts population wise of the state. Essentially, is to have that other that second house that is based on it, not it goes the, to the equal rural representation per county. Yeah, it right. goes to the urban rural divide. Right. I, I mean, in essence. Right. Well, and, and that that would be the argument for it. I'm just saying. You're going to get out to a lot of people if it ever did get to a vote, and you're just going to say, "Do you want more money to go to politicians?" Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I and I think I still think there's a large enough sort of pride and belief in the unique system that the state has across some party line. Now, I know, I, I believe the state GOP has said that they support this, that this is something that they they want to see happen. Uh, we'll see. Uh, in the Journal Star article about this, he was even. Uh, <laughs> this is interesting. He took a dig at George. He said, took a dig at George Norris. Yeah, the founder of the Unicam said, uh, according to the Journal Star article, he says he also wants people to know not all Nebraskans think highly of Norris. Wow, that's interesting. Because each, I mean, they usually read a speech delivered by him on on the first day of the legislature every year. Um, and was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives in 1902. Five cent terms in the U.S. Senate. Uh, changed his party from Republican to Independent in 1936. So the Nebraska That's GOP the, wants to grow government. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That, <laughs> I, that, I'm just saying I don't know, that, that, that's what it, it would be. Listen, I still say second legislative house, that is like jury duty. Yeah. Give you me get that. Assigned. If we ever do a second, if we get a second house, I want, 
I want assignment by non-politicians, civic duty, just like you got your year of legislative service. Right? Would that not, by the way, would that not be amazing reality TV? Would that not be unbelievable? And pro- and frankly, probably, it'd be, I'm not even sure that it would give you worse results. How, how's about this? <laughs> One from each county. We're, yep. we're, we're in 2026. The, the, things are going pretty good for Nebraska football, but Matt Rule's not available for the spring. He's got legislative duty. duty. Uh, yeah, that's how you get your, that's how you get your equal Senate uh, there, Mark. Yeah, one, I mean, one per county, 93, 93 every day. Uh, it's the true story of picking nine people to live in a house and see what happens, yeah. you know? And if and we TV were real, 93 people to live in a house. 93 people to live in in the house and and let's see let's see how this thing goes for them. They get a staff, right? Oh, they get um, they get the hefty they get the hefty eleven to twelve thousand dollars salary. Obviously, we're gonna take care of them. You know, um, that's almost almost a million bucks. Even hey, at Mark. I don't know if you see this, but we're looking for lakes to build right now because of money. <laughs> Give us how about granny. a lake of How about a lake of citizen legislators? Well, then let's build a ninety-three person house on the lake so that that'd uh, be nice. So when and then when it's like not, a Big Brother house too. Yeah, and they they can rent rooms out when they're. Uh, <laughs> And never mind. There's only so many single rooms, and then there are some that are like four bunk beds. Right. The first time when people are showing up, I mean, we all know the reality. We, we've watched The Bachelor and The Real World and Big Brother enough to say, you're walking in, you're meeting your roommates, and, and then, of course, you, you everybody's typecast, right? Right. You're going to have the hayseed from out west coming in and, and meeting the university professor from Lincoln. And Can't wait for someone to get uh, designated for legislative duty from Scott's Bluff come in talking like they're from jersey like oh well we needed them for the tv show uh anyway i can think of worse things actually yeah right yeah anyway so if we're uh, long way of saying that is i don't think we're getting the bicameral legislature but if we do that's the one that i want i have preferences um yeah and then uh not that i want to delve way into this because it's just i you know how i feel about talking a ton of national politics but this uh uh, th- things are things don't seem to be going too well on uh, in the House of Representatives right now, no. Mark. Uh, no, maybe is today the end of this? Maybe no. this is the. You no. don't think so? No. no. Okay. Well, we did get a new governor and lieutenant governor this afternoon. Yeah, there we go. Get that. We get that. I and and maybe shortly the announcement of the new senator for the uh, uh, state of Nebraska, the new U.S. senator for the state of Nebraska. After uh, Ben Sass went on his you know, firebombing interview tour. <laughs> <laughs> yesterday morning, yeah. including on our own <laughs> program. Um, yeah. So, anyway, that's what we've got going on this morning. Now, do you want the good news? Yeah. Please. Uh, now, risk, we got all the bad news. Risk dial stayed elevated yellow. Is that COVID. good news? Uh, well, it is because cases are declining. In well, the well, then it's supposed to go down, right? Well, there it's the first week, but what right. what it means is that we haven't really seen a holiday spike. Oh, I see what you mean. That's that's the good news. Good. On the other side of it, there's a new subvariant, Omicron subvariant, spreading like wildfire. XBB.1.5. Oh, I mean, in all honesty, though, since, I don't know, since the middle of last year, there have been several times again where it's like, oh, here we go again. You know, it's sort of like, here we go again. We're going, going back. And it's never really materialized yeah. just in terms of something widespread that is. Uh, that is really impactful to our collective lives. Now I know there are 
people certainly who are who have it who you know going to the hospital and those sorts of things but it just hasn't materialized in that way and yep. knock on wood that it never does again health department also reported uh, flu cases declining um, and rsv well, cases that's the thing when this season started so early with flu yep. It'll probably end early too. Hopefully, which I guess is a silver lining on on what's been a. Although really schools tough are getting back, so. you know, we'll see when yep. uh, UNL gets. Uh, oh yes, schools yep. are back in session again, and, and uh, mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again. Sorry, lottery uh, dished out fifteen point eight million dollars uh, to their beneficiaries. That was the fourth quarter distribution. It's good, none to me. The two billion dollar Powerball really helped that. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> and and we're approaching a billion for tomorrow night. And and there's good news. Sun's coming out today. Remember that? Remember that thing? Yeah, they got that back out. High thirties today. Forties tomorrow. Sun probably five of the next uh, four of the next five days. Maybe five of the next five days. Uh, temperatures in the forty. What forties? Uh, six of the eight next days, so it's pretty good. Pretty good. We'll, do, we'll I'll press Doctor Ken Dewey on that. Hopefully, uh, he can I can get him to say winter's over. We'll see. Now. <laughs> Slight improvement in uh, uh, Damon Hamlin, Darman Hamlin, Demar Hamlin. Oh yes, Demar. Yes, Demar Hamlin. Yes. Slight improvements. We'll have more on that uh, in the, the sound off today. And the Pope's funeral is complete. Pope Benedict. All right, there you go. That's everything you need to know here this morning. But keep listening. We'll tell you more stuff you need to know. It's 29 degrees in the capital city. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Love KLIN? Tell us why with a voice message in the free KLIN app. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. Yes, it is. A lot to get to today, so... Without any further ado, let's get it going. Yesterday in the House, a handful more of votes on who would become the Speaker. Basically the same outcome for every single one. Not enough to have a majority of the members behind any one candidate. And so they would regroup. They would adjourn. They would do various things. Uh, but by the time they came along to join, meet again last night at 7 o'clock our time, Took one more vote, made a motion to adjourn, called it a day, and so we are uh, we're basically still in the same place. With I assume negotiations going on behind closed doors during the night. McCarthy lost ground Wednesday, winning one fewer vote on a second day of balloting for House Speaker. The Honorable Kevin McCarthy of the state of California has received two hundred and one. Still well short of the two eighteen needed to become Speaker of the House, McCarthy has faced intense opposition from his party's right flank. Florida Republican Matt Gates says he'll hold out as long as it takes. And I'm ready to vote all night, all week, all month, and never for that person. McCarthy has spent weeks huddling with different coalitions in hopes of negotiating an agreement and offering no indication he's ready to step aside. On Capitol Hill, Jared Halpern, Fox News. But maybe there was some progress last night, some reports indicating as such. Some of the 20 or so Republicans opposing Kevin McCarthy met with him last night. I would say uh, 
good faith people are trying to get to yes. McCarthy ally, South Dakota's Dusty Johnson, Florida's Matt Gates tells Fox News at night. If we got control of those key committees in the hands of conservatives, I think there are some of the 20 who might vote for Kevin McCarthy. Representative Gates and the others demanding rules changes and committee assignments. But New York Republican Claudia Tenney questions their motives. Some of these people actually put forth personal issues that they wanted to gain for themselves and not the American people. Six ballots have been taken without a speaker chosen. A seventh coming up after the House reconvenes at noon. In Washington, Jack Callahan, Fox News. I mean, peeling off a few of those 20 isn't going to do enough to to get him there. Right. He's, I, I, I mean, there may be too many who are absolute 100% no's. Um, I mean, you're Gates talking on that first clip. He he said he would never vote for him. How many, you know, it, it almost runs to just personal things, even even where negotiation is just not going to to be an option. And the lead is so narrow that Republicans have that you've got a very small handful of people who are absolute nose to McCarthy. Um, and Democrats aren't going to come over. I mean, they're they're just kind of sitting back to see what happens, but they're not going to come over and help them absolute given unless they're given some sort of concession. I mean, right. I guess that's the other thing you could do if you're Republicans is you could talk to the Democrats and negotiate with them instead. Well, and, and one of the other things that I had heard floated yesterday was because you have that block, that's the like absolute nose right now, mm-hmm. despite the vast majority being in favor. You could get another block that would say, "Hey, unless you go and you vote for our guy, we're voting Demo- we're g- going to vote for the Democrat." Right, that's the other that could go that way too. You say, "Hey, we're Which we're- Gates, somebody proposed that to Gates and he said, "I'd rather have Hakeem Jeffries." Yeah. Then I mean, so uh and then there's this, it's dividing up like the normal the typical allies in, you know, some of the that that you'll see not only within the party, but even like media and some of the voices. Uh, Lauren Boebert from Colorado went on Hannity's show, the TV show last night, and they kind of got after it uh, a little bit. Crying out loud, Sean, we asked for a vote on a budget that actually balances. Imagine... Imagine a Congress that stops so spending you money that we don't have. We are going supporting to get this right, you, and we are going to get the right speaker, Sean. If you only have 30, to be clear, you will not withdraw. 30 is going to be a beautiful number But you're to telling reach. Kevin McCarthy and the, and the 203 people that support him to withdraw because they don't have 218. That's what you're saying. Look, it's obvious by tonight's motion to adjourn that Kevin McCarthy and his supporters are already getting you, voter fatigue. And I, I, I asked I'm you a simple question, Congresswoman. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm getting a, a liberal. I'm not going an to support from Kevin McCarthy, Sean. Okay, so even if you only have 30 votes, Kevin McCarthy, you will not abide by what you told President standing, Trump to which abide I don't believe by. I, I got will it. Be, I feel like we've made progress. Not Look, I love President Trump. You're not going to turn me on him. You're not going to pit him against me. Not trying to pit him against you. That's what you said to him. I am standing. I have seen the the broken trust. I have seen the lack of accountability. Well, we are we are getting phone calls saying that we need to stop this. Kevin does not have the votes for. I got it. All right. (laughs) See if they patch that up today. Man, he was done with that interview ten seconds in. <laughs> he had that. He also had that. Man, he had that zinger, and he didn't quite. That's the worst when you have that zinger and you don't quite get it out cleanly. Yeah, it was like you sound like you, you sound you sound like you're answering questions like a liberal, and he didn't quite say Stumbled it. And, then, it. and he was, that was going to be a bam. It was going to be a mic drop drop moment. And then, then on the other side of the uh, legislature and in the executive branch, there 
They've got the leaders going to Kentucky together. What is yeah, it? What's what, going what on kind of a- Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell is joining President Joe Biden during his trip to his home state of Kentucky. The president hopes the bipartisanship can demonstrate they can get things done, which includes tackling the nation's infrastructure. We can't be the number one economy in the world unless we have the number one infrastructure in the world. The president and minority leader McConnell will look at the site of a new bridge project connecting northern Kentucky and southern Ohio that will be a $1.6 billion companion to the Brent Spence Bridge, part of a key shipping corridor. At the White House, Ryan Schmelz, Fox News. Hey, you get a bunch of money, it doesn't matter what party you're in. You're going to go I guess so. I mean, what a contrast in <laughs> in moments. And and that was a big thing. They were talking about the split screen with McConnell and Biden chumming it up in Kentucky uh, with the House vote going on at the same time. And by the way, I, mean, I have to apologize. That may be the worst audio of that speech that we have ever played at any point in this show for anything. So what was, what going, was, on? That? So what was going on with that? And I was watching a little bit of that speech. Um, while it was live yesterday with with Mark Vale and Chris Lofgren both in the newsroom, they were standing like ten feet from a helicopter that was running. <laughs> that they were like, "Turn the helicopter." That was legit. Off. Some of the worst audio I have ever heard. So they go there for an appearance, thing. and they can't walk more than ten feet away from the running helicopter. Uh, all right, power well, it down sense. for ten minutes. That makes sense. Um. <laughs> all right. Uh, latest uh, s- continued optimism and uh, i mean slight good news coming in on demar hamlin's condition uh more of that yesterday let's get the uh let's get the very latest on that doctors are seeing some small but encouraging signs of improvement in demar hamlin's condition his uncle says the 24 year old is now receiving 50 percent oxygen after initially receiving a hundred percent hamlin is still in the icu sedated and on a ventilator and doctors have flipped him onto his stomach to relieve pressure on his lungs nfl officials said that while demar hamlin hasn't played the three seasons required to be vested and eligible for benefits like a pension, life insurance, and disability, the league is going to make sure he has everything he needs to live a complete life going forward. And among the, I don't know, good good stories is the right word, but among the things that have uh, come out of this that have, have been positive, I, I think one of them has been, um, it's been really impressive how uh, Bengals coach and former Husker Zach Taylor um, navigated through this situation, this this difficult situation in the moment and afterwards as as well. He talked yesterday to media, talked a little bit about the conversation that he had. You know, we've seen the video several times where he he goes, they're about, you know, they're warming up. It looks like they're going to get playing again. Taylor takes his headset off, walks over and talks to Sean McDermott, the the coach of the Bills, and Zach revealed a little bit of that conversation yesterday. The first thing out of Sean's mouth is, I need to be at the hospital with with uh, Demar. That it's kind of a no brainer for everybody who's involved in that conversation to let's separate and and uh, let the NFL take the next steps, which they did. Yeah, uh, he talked more about um, you know just his his team's continued focus on on what's happening with Demar Hamlin. We're all praying for the best possible outcome here, and so so any information that's trending in a positive direction is um, no matter what the timing of that is is what everybody hopes to hear and is, is prayed about. Yeah. So the way that he's handled this has been, you know, in a in a difficult situation, and and, and lots of people have done this, but uh, it's been. Um, I, I'm, I'm proud to say that proud to say that he was a Husker, mm-hmm. uh, just went in the way that he's he's kind of handled uh, this this whole thing, and um, on that night and and since as well, and and what's a 
a really difficult situation and you're balancing your job and, and reacting to this tragedy, which is more important than the football game, but it's still because of life, you still kind of have to balance both of those, both of those things. Um, and so I've appreciated that about him. Uh, this is interesting, maybe a sign of the times with the economy, uh, but Amazon, even coming up to the holiday season and now after the holiday season, they are making some massive cuts and got to be one of the best kind of harbingers for uh, where we're at economically just because so much commerce goes through Amazon. And right now, uh, things aren't good. Amazon plans to cut more than 18,000 workers. That's about 1% of its 1.5 million employees. And it's the most in the recent wave of layoffs among tech companies. The e-commerce giant started slashing jobs in November, at which time the Wall Street Journal reported layoffs would reach about 10,000. Like many tech companies, Amazon expanded during the pandemic as customers stayed home and shopped online. But with a slowing economy and a cloudy outlook, Amazon and others are retrenching. Yeah. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. Yeah, like I said, I mean, it's, <laughs> some of those retail things, retail in quotes, it's, it's that's that's really a harbinger for that. And when Amazon doing that kind of a significant cut, it obviously means that that uh, the situation is having some palpable effects on their business. By the way, I was they were talking about what, like 1.6 million employees. I thought that was interesting. Um, I was wondering, is there any, is that the biggest employer in the United States? It is not the biggest employer. Do you guys know what the biggest employer in the United States is? I mean, it's probably not hard. You'll, you'll figure it out eventually. Does it's like it Google. It's Walmart. Well, well, Walmart okay, is yeah. the, it's actually the, it's the largest uh, retail in the world. So compared to Amazon's, at, at least at the time I've got the number 1.6 million employees, that's obviously going down a little bit. Uh, Walmart has 2.3 million employees, 2.3 million employees, which is crazy. So it's the largest employee. I mean, can you imagine being the uh, HR guy or gal for that, for that group? <laughs> Holy cow. Uh, by the way, number three, this might surprise you. Number three is Home Depot. Home Depot is the number three. Well, Fed- Home Depot always employs all of the uh, United States Olympians. That's true. That obviously has a big... <laughs> but they're down at... But like compared to Amazon at $1.6 million, Home Depot is at 490000 uh, then FedEx is four, Target is five, Kroger is six, UPS is seven, Starbucks is eight, Berkshire Hathaway is nine, and then uh, number ten is United Health Group. That tenth spot. This was in uh, this was in 2022, so this would have been from last year, but still probably uh, for the most part that same order right now. All right, um, other things going on, and then and then another you know indicator of the economy, and and I've sort of. I got fortunate just in terms of the time when when my son turned 16 and uh, we were looking for a car with him um, that he was financing through us and <laughs> uh, and so laying out do, doing some of the layout of the money in advance and getting paid back. Uh, but we bought his car. He turned in, uh, he turned 16 in December 20, 2020. Um, and that was the the pandemic and supply chain situation still had not super impacted the the price of cars. And then the months after that, that really happened. Um, and demand was up so high at that point because 
price was up, supply was up, and people weren't buying them, and you had you had supply chain issues. Well, now it appears demand is down, or at least sales are down at this point. What does that mean about prices? What exactly does the auto market look like right now? U.S. vehicle sales dropping 8% from 2021 to 2022, the lowest since 2011 when the economy was recovering from the Great Recession. This, according to automakers, report selling 13.9 million cars, trucks, SUVs, and vans last year, citing supply chain shortages, including for computer chips. And J.D. Power reporting the average cost of a new vehicle rose 2.5% in December to a record of over $46,000. Analysts are expecting U.S. sales to grow to roughly $14.8 million this year with continued high demand for new vehicles. But it's still short of the $17 million per year prior to the pandemic. Kristen Goodwin. Fox News. So it's not necessarily that demand has been completely squelched. It's just that the economy is, number one, the prices are still high. And number two, the economy is in a place where mm-hmm. they're just people who want, even if they've got demand for one, the ability to do it may not be there as right. well. And um, so hopefully that, that'll get better this year for all parties. This is interesting. Uh we, I think uh, Senator Sass even referenced this yesterday, talking about a future of of well, he went a lot of places. Uh, but one of the things he talked about was like AI yeah. taking people's jobs and and that sort of thing. Well, just in time for that conversation, they now have you've heard of RoboCop? Yes, they yeah. now have Robo Lawyer. Evidently, trying to make... Good thing you got out of the game. Yes. I don't know if Robo Radio hosts, but if they've got Robo Lawyer, I made the right decision. A company called Do Not Pay plans to test drive the world's first ever robot lawyer. According to the publication New Scientist, the artificial intelligence attorney will listen into a legal case in February through a smartphone app and give real-time advice to the defendant about what to say in court. The exact courthouse charges and defendant not released. The technology was created by a former Stanford University student for people appealing parking tickets. The company says it hopes to use the AI robot technology to fight corporations, beat bureaucracy, and sue anyone. Sue Guzman, Fox News. My cousin Vinny would be a lot different with robo lawyers. Over under, over under, or or odds uh, in litigation. Me, 20, uh, 20 years out since the last time I tried, uh, no, I guess not quite 20, 18 years, 17 years since the last time I tried a case versus robot lawyer. I don't know. I mean, different edges. It's what the people want, Jack versus robot me, lawyer. Me, that'd be a great exhibition uh, once once people get tired of our um, our our reality show legislature. It'd be the <laughs> coming, would, coming next never summer. People tired of that. <laughs> You you love the people's legislature legislature. Well, coming fall twenty twenty three, robot lawyer versus out of practice lawyer. I think that'd be good. That'd be good. We can dig yeah. up a lot of former lawyers. Uh, and then speaking of technology, uh, the Consumer Electronics Show is getting going. This is always fun to take a look at all yeah. the gadgets and things that 
What are they showing off that I can't have? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) CES, also known as the Consumer Electronics Show, is expected to be back to pre-pandemic crowd numbers for the event that unveils the latest in TVs, laptops, smart home gadgets, and other new tech. Companies like Samsung, LG, and Sony are among the more than 3,400 global vendors signed up to participate this year. Some of the anticipated announcements are expected in the automotive sector and include self-driving tech and electric vehicles, and there's also buzz about the latest in digital health as well as keynote speeches from business and tech leaders. CES runs through Sunday with events live streamed at CES.tech. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. You know, some of these things are, it's always kind of hit or miss with with these, you know, the year that they debuted like 10, 12 years ago when they debuted Google Glass Mm -hmm. and everybody's going to be wearing the, or even like four or five years ago, the big thing at this show was foldable phones. Do you remember that? And and I know those are even out there right now. Yeah, those, I see all the, the com- I see the commercials all the time, and I'm like, that looks dumb. Is anybody? Yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't think I know anybody who has one of those. Like that, the way that they talked about when it was initially a a, a you know being rolled out at the things like CES. Guys, if I wanted to go back to a phone that that flipped or folded, I'd go to 2006. Okay, yeah, I don't right. need that now. That's right. Uh, all right, there you go. That's all we got for the sound off. We're going to take a break. We're going to hear from the Capital Humane Society next. Right now, we've got a temperature in the capital city of 29 degrees. Cloudy skies should see some sun today a little bit later, though. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. And meteorologist Malcolm Byron. It's our weekly spotlight of pets for you to adopt from the Capital Humane Society on LNK Today. All right, let's find out about them, Matt Machado. With Capital Humane Society joins us right now. Good morning, Matt. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am good. Uh, let's talk about the pets that you've got potentially for adoption here this week. Tell us uh, what you have. So first off, we have Tyre, and he's an approximately nine-month-old Rottweiler, neutered male. He's black and tan in color, weighs about 82 pounds right now, so he will get a little bigger and probably end up closer to 100. But uh, he was surrendered to us. Previous owner's landlord wouldn't let them keep him anymore, so... He's a very big, strong guy. He does listen really well, as long as you got treats for him. <laughs> but uh, he would do well in a home where he can go for daily walks and also uh, really appears to enjoy the company of other dogs, uh, as long as they got the same energy level as he does. All right. What else we have? Then we got Kobe, and Kobe's an approximately five-year-old Siamese mix. He's also a neutered male, and he's a flame point, so he's kind of cream in color, and on the tips of his ears and tail, he's kind of a orangish flame color but he was surrendered to us previous owner was moving somewhere where they weren't going to be able to keep him uh, but very cool looking cat he's looking for a home where he can get plenty of ear scratches and uh, plenty of time sunbathing all right there you go for people who want to make an adoption or maybe just kind of take a look or considering it what would you tell them so uh, you can go to our website capitalhumanesite.org you can see all the pets up for adoption or you're always welcome to walk in at the pylock pet adoption center out at 70th and highway 2 we're open today and tomorrow 11 30 to 7 and then saturday and sunday from 12 to 5 all right great man let's get those dogs and cats and animals adopted have a good one all right you too
Machado, Capital Humane Society, 29 degrees in the capital city. All right. Hey, couple of uh, couple of heads up coming up next, just a little over 10 minutes away. Listen for that cue to call. If you want to win basketball tickets, we will be giving away a pair of tickets to see Nebraska and Illinois at Pinnacle Bank Arena next Tuesday night, next Tuesday night. And so it's been a little while since the Huskers have uh, been playing at PBA. And so mm-hmm. we're going to get that home field crowd going. They played very well at PBA this year. And uh chance to kind of make some hay in the Big Ten with that game. Should be a great atmosphere. Tuesday pack, night pack at the place Bank and Arena. be loud. That environment is fun. Yeah, so we'll have tickets to that. You've got to uh, identify where Caleb and I are trying to slide one past you with the lie detector. Um, speaker of the House edition. Ooh. We'll just say that. We'll just say, we'll just say that. I won't give you any more detail yet on that. And then the other well, one... Who did you tell Trump you were going to vote for, Jack? What? I just... Stop answering like a liberal. Um, and then, <laughs> and then tomorrow is request line Friday, and now is the time to get those requests in VR Rickstein recognition text line. Just text the song you want to hear in. Uh, we are recommending you go with the song that sort of sets the mood for you for 2023. New Year Energy, New Year Energy edition of request line Friday. So whatever that is for you, whatever you need to hear to get you in that right mindset for the new year. Request it. Tell us why you want to hear it if you want to. Uh, Text it in. Make sure you get in early so you don't get squeezed to the bottom of the list. We'll have a lot of fun with that tomorrow on Request Line Friday. All right. 29 degrees in the capital city. Kind of going to dip in temperatures here over the course of the next few hours. Before the sun comes out, we start going up again around lunchtime. But cloudy skies right now. Uh, News is next. It is 630, or excuse me, to 7 o'clock on KLIN. 14. That's a quick check of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. What is wrong with everyone? What is wrong? Caller one right now gets on here. 402, is the phone broken? 402 479 1400. Multiple choice lie detector. Okay, here's what it is. Maybe maybe I was too, maybe I was sort of beating around the bush a little bit, but I didn't want you to like overly prepare for anything. Here's how it's going to work I'm going to give you three names, okay? Three names. Two of the names were people who got votes but did not win in history. Speaker of the House elections, okay? People who who came up short. And we've seen a lot of coming up short here over the course of the last couple of days. So there are people who came up short uh, all the way through history since the, since the House has been doing this. And then one of the names is a name that has, it, it may sound like somebody who might have done that, but it is from an entirely different walk of life. Uh, something, something that Caleb and I came up with. So that is uh, what we're doing here. Now the phones are, are ringing. That's what. So I just, I guess, I had to explain it a little bit. All right, Steve goes first today. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? Hi, guys. So I'll give you three names. One of them has nothing to do with the uh, the House of Representatives. The other two uh, ran for but did not win. At, at least at one time, they might have won later. Uh, Speaker of the House. So here we go. All right, the names for you: Paul Cavale. Martin Denayer or W.P. Lambertson? Paul Cavale, Martin Denayer or W.P. Lambertson? 
Paul Cavalli. Paul Cavalli. No, he was ran in like the 1800s. Didn't win. All right. All right. Let's try this again. It's, uh, maybe Scott can do this. Morning, Scott. If you go with WC Shields, I know that's right. <laughs> I may have one that that's close. That's close. All right. Here, here, here are yours. Uh, Thomas Stubbs the Third, James B. Champ, Clark, or Finnis Garrett. Thomas Stubbs the Third, James B. Champ, Clark, or Finnis Garrett. I'm going to go with Stubbs. Stubbs. That's correct. Stubbs was a fictional congressman in the Grand Theft Auto video game. So you got that one right. All right. Uh, all right. Here's the next one. Uh, Merlin Hull, Colin Powell, or Jacob Fussell? Merlin Hull, Colin Powell, or Jacob Fussell? Now, this was nominated, nominated but not but, elected. Yeah, right? got votes, but did not get elected. So you got to figure go out. With the- Go ahead. Third one. I the don't third? remember what it was. Jacob Fussell. That's actually yeah. correct. I tried to throw a fast one by you there. Colin Powell, not a member of the House, but did get nominated. And they were talking about nominating Trump potentially for, for this time. You don't have to be right. a member of the House to actually do it. There have been there have been other people who have uh, had that happen. So there we go. Um, all right. Looks like I put a floater out here. Okay, here we go. Last one. All right, let's see if you can do this. Last one. Raul Labrador. Irvine Lenroot or Boo Dryden? Raul Labrador, Irvine Lenroot or Boo Dryden? I have no idea where you come up with some of these bogus <laughs> names. Labrador. Is it Labrador? Ah, oh, no! I just wanted him to win. I wanted him to win. It's not Raul Labrador. Lab- Raul Lab- Labrador is in a, is, I mean, he may still be in office. I remember when we were visiting D.C., we were. Uh, it was one of the offices that we were we walked by a whole bunch when we were in one of the the house office buildings. All right, opens up a, a line for you four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. It'll get easier because we'll you know we're gonna have more of these. You, more people will be playing, and so we'll probably go back over some of these, and it'll be narrowed down a little bit. Well, uh, um, Raul Labrador is from, uh, now Attorney General of Idaho. Oh, really? Was he from Idaho? I did not know that. I was thinking he's from California. Yep. All right, four zero two. Four seven nine fourteen hundred. So the uh, we'll take out uh, Stubbs and and uh, Jacob Fussell. By the way, Jacob Fussell, uh, you added that name in there. Yeah, and back in the eighteen hundreds, he was the uh, first to sell ice cream commercially. Opened the first ice cream factory. All right, so we're giving away tickets to see Nebraska and Illinois play basketball Tuesday night. Pinnacle Bank Arena men's basketball. Uh, all you need to do is uh, play our multiple choice game four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. You get three of them right. We're giving you two real names of uh, probably people in the in the House who are nominated for House of Representatives, Speaker of the House, uh, and then there's one person who is just someone else completely different, not related to that four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. You guys do not like my some of my games do you just say it you can just text me and tell me lie detectors hit and miss sometimes that's i feel like that's hurtful i really no, like I, the, I didn't mean it to be hurtful. it feels hurtful I, I i i really like coming up with the fake names like that's the fun part oh of that's this. very fun and, and 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 that sort of thing by the way I, just in case you were curious i did a little research about uh who can be a member of the or who can be nominated yeah and you're right it can be uh anybody that can be but that's not necessarily what the founders and the writers of the constitution meant but that's the way it's been well it's not even i I don't think the detail is outlined in the constitution it's not 
the Constitution really silent. It just says the House of Representatives shall choose their speaker and other officers. All right. Most historians, though, uh, who've looked at the issue conclude the founders assumed a speaker would be drawn from among elected members, but doesn't have to be. All right. So here, okay. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get back hold of Scott, uh, unless unless somebody wants to try and take the title from Scott because he did the best. He got two. So if, if nobody else wants to even take a try at this. Which is very sad. <laughs> what does this say about our city right now? What does this say about the the? Uh, you guys have impressed me time after time, and then not even wanting to take a shot at this one. All right, all right. Well, no, we're going to let Mark play. We'll we'll get a hold of Scott and and Scott. If nobody plays, do we take away Request Line Friday from the people? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take away your fun stuff unless you play this with us. All right. Well, we're. Uh, I'm. Uh, let's see if. Uh, I don't know, Mark. If you, I don't know if you pulled these up and you have them in front of you or not. But do you want to play some of this? Sure, I'll start. I'll give it a whirl. All right. So let's go back over the first one. Paul Cavale, Martin Denayer, and W. P. Lambertson. Um. Denayer. Denayer. That's true. That's right. Really. Uh, Martin Denayer is a Cherry County, uh, <laughs> County Board of Commissioners member, out in Cherry County. Glad I didn't yeah, know. Bi- bi- probably busy with snow removal issues right now. Most likely. Yeah. Martin's very busy with that. Uh, the other two are old-timey members of the House. Uh, then, uh, let's see. Raw Labrador, Irvine, Lenroot, or Boo Dryden? Well, I, I did check you that. It was Labrador. Labrador. Uh, he was a congressman. Uh, actually took over as Idaho Attorney General this week. Okay. It was... Uh, wow. Look at the um, deep information we're getting here. I really don't know, but anybody with the name of Boo probably isn't. Right. Boo Dryden is a uh, Nebraska Cornhusker wrestler. Yes. Oh. Here in town. Nebraska Cornhusker. All right. All right. How about this one? Gerald Ford, R.W. McCorders, or John Murtha? Well, Murtha and Ford were both members of the House, oh. so I would say it's the other one. Uh, R.W. McCorders. He is a former Oklahoma State quarterback. Okay. Back in the eighties, <laughs> I remember. Yes, and he sounded like something. Else. All right, let's. We got. We got one more contestant here. Rich is going to take. If Rich can get three, he gets it. Otherwise, I'm giving them to Scott. So we will see. I've got three of them left here. If he can nail all three of them, he gets tickets. Otherwise, we're contacting Scott and giving them to him. All right, here you go, Rich. You ready to go? Well, uh, I, I thought I was, but when I heard somebody named Labradoodle, was actually real. <laughs> sure Labrad- Labradoodle. All right, here you go, Benjamin McKee. Joseph Kennedy the Third or Bernard German, Benjamin McKee, Joseph Kennedy the Third or Bernard German, Joseph Kennedy the Third. No, it was not Joseph Kennedy the Third. I'm sorry, you lose. He was a member he was, of the house too. Yeah, he was a he was kind of a he was like an up and coming star, wasn't yep. he? A from the Kennedy family, like Absolutely. the Kennedy uh, family, red was, hair, Massachusetts. Rod, Robert's son, I believe. Well, how was he Joseph Kennedy the third then? That's true. I think he was Joseph's son. Okay. I think uh, 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 I don't know. So there you go. All right, we're done. We're done. I, I guys, I got it. I, message loud and clear. You do not want uh, so, uh, Joseph Kennedy the third's father. Yeah. yeah. Joseph Kennedy told second. you. Okay. Told you. That, boy, that it. makes more sense. I- who is related? Who is? Uh, um, whose father was Robert Kennedy. He's Robert, so he'd be grandson. Yeah. Which, okay. again, 
if he but wouldn't joseph the second have his grandfather also be whatever uh all right two more two more <laughs> i think you know what i'm saying uh don cheney victor murdoch or martin madden don cheney victor murdoch or martin madden no idea uh, Don Chaney was a uh, basketball player and basketball coach, long time. Co- played for, apparently played on the Spirits of St. Louis and then coached Temple for a long time. So he's the fake one. And last one. Uh, by the way, uh, Robert Kennedy's father. Yes, Joseph Kennedy Jr. or Senior. So they skipped a generation. They skipped a generation. Went with the junior. Can you do that? Well, they went with the second, not the junior. So it was senior, then went to the second and the third. Do people do that? Do they skip a generation and still do the second, third thing? Obviously, they did. I guess so. Check on the legality of that. <laughs> Last one: uh, Joe Biden, Greg Berhalter, or Henry, or excuse me, Harry Sotoff. Joe Biden, Greg Berhalter, or Harry Sotoff. Well, Biden was most likely uh, nominated once. So, of the other two, now I'd say the middle the. What was it, Greg? Greg, Greg Berhalter? Yeah. That is the, uh, you're correct. He is the uh, U.S. men's soccer national team coach, at least for the time being. Yeah, for, for right now. All right. Technically, the assistant had taken over because there's some, some past stuff came up that's being investigated. All right, there we go. Uh, oh, the one he missed, by the way, the Benjamin McKee, Joseph Kennedy the third, and Bernard Garriman. The fake one was Benjamin McKee. He is the, uh, he is the bassist for the Imagine Dragons. I think they just say Imagine Dragons. The Imagine Dragons. Just Imagine Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Cleveland, please give a warm welcome to the Imagine Dragons. Here to perform tonight, the Queen (laughs) gives a very different idea of what that performance is going to be. (laughs) Well, I mean. uh... (laughs) All right, fine. All right, we will will take a break. Uh, It was uh, Scott, right? Scott. Scott. Call Scott, us call back us up. back, Scott. We didn't think you won, but it turns out <laughs> you were somehow the best without winning. So we'll give you the tickets if you still want them. Participation trophy. And Illinois. Yeah, it's kind of... Listen, I don't know what it was. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the tie. I don't know if it's this game. I don't know if it's just the names that there's no real basis on some of them to pick from, and that makes it hard. I don't know if you're scared of being embarrassed. Because, guys, frankly, you embarrass yourself in all the other games, too. I don't know why this one is any different. The Jeremy says we're treating your game like Kevin McCarthy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to keep playing it. We'll keep playing it all day long until people actually play it. Play it six times. Six Thursdays in a row. We're always going to do this one. I'll find more House members who lost <laughs> the Speaker of the House vote until we have full participation. No, no generation collaboration, no no current events quiz, no what are we thinking of, nothing. However many nothing. days that vote goes on, that's how many weeks we're playing this game. <laughs> Strap in. All right, uh, 722. <laughs> Maybe time to bring generation collaboration back soon. 722, you're <laughs> to LNK today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Want today's top news stories? Top Husker stories? You can get them sent straight to you. I'm Saver Traffic. I'm Chris Lofgren. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right. Welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Our clock is a little messed up because of the, uh, because of the game. By the way, a lot of texts on naming and uh, Joseph Kennedy. Joseph yes. Kennedy was uh, a war hero. Also, the 44th uh, U.S. ambassador to the United Kingdom. Did you know that? 
Yeah. Uh, was also the first chair of the Marine Commission. FDR nominated him uh, to to that one. And then uh, the other thing, first cha- also the first chair of the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, FDR, also established him in that office. So he had a, a lot of first impression jobs uh, there. So yeah, we got uh, a lot of Kennedy texts coming in. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> well, and then the other one, the other one, well, and tell me if I'm I'm missing other things. But then the other thing is. Um, Evidently, and this I I legit didn't know um, that some, when if you name after a, gra- a a grandparent, that's when you use the number first, second, yeah. third. But you use junior if it's d- the direct parent. If you're the second one, then yes, then, then you would. So the difference between being uh, Joseph Kennedy Junior and Joseph Kennedy the second right. is whether or not it's named after the father or the grandfather. But then they named the son. Then they so yeah. See what I mean? But, well, whatever. Regardless. But it seems hey, like it do, can go both ways with that. Yeah, do what you it want, It could guys. be the direct one, or it could be a grandparent. Because actually, in this situation, there was a parent situation and a grandparent situation with the, with the naming after. Right. So, And they still went with the numbers. Well, but if, they had already started the numbers. Well, if you're from second between, to third, the right. third's not all of a sudden going to be junior. Good point. They had already, like I said, they had already started the numbers. So, <laughs> hey, name your kids whatever you want. Anyway, there, there you go. That is uh, some of the background we did not provide or have on on naming, uh, and then more a little more background on also multiple uh, texts about uh, needing to bring back just bring back generation collaboration. God, that was a that was a slog. There wasn't it. It was a slog, and I did all that research. I learned a lot, though. Yeah. I learned a lot about selecting. There were a lot of years where there were only uh, two people, two people who got votes. That's what it was, you know. Before I want to say, like the a huge stretch from like the '60s back, it was just two people. It was only a more recent phenomenon and an early phenomenon yeah. where you've had a lot of names who would get votes and nominations. Okay, r- real quick before we get to the bottom. Scott can't go to the game on Tuesday. First person to call 402-479-1400 who's either a junior or a second or a third or a fourth or whatever, you oh, get the geez. tickets. It's 7.30. We're never I'm giving these away. Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy's met with party members voting against him for House Speaker. Florida's Matt Gates tells Fox. If we got control of those key committees in the hands of conservatives, I think there are some of the 20 who might vote for Kevin McCarthy. New York Republican Claudia Tenney. Some of these people actually put forth personal issues that they wanted to gain for themselves. Six ballots have been taken, a seventh coming up after the House reconvenes at noon. Fox's Jack Callahan, the man suspected of murdering four University of Idaho students, is expected in court today. Brian Koberger landing in Washington last night as he's expected to face murder charges for the brutal killings of Ethan, Kaylee, Madison, and Zana. Video captured by TMZ shows the suspect landing in Pullman before being taken by car to a courthouse in Moscow, Idaho. Fox's Brooks Singman Koberger was arrested at his parents' home in Pennsylvania Friday. America's listening to Fox News. All right, without any further ado, let's get things started today with... Number five. 2023 legislative session began yesterday at the Unicameral. 13 new state senators sworn in, along with the new speaker of the legislature, John Arch of La Vista. He promised lawmakers would promote a positive culture with healthy relationships and communication. Also, um, yesterday, secret vote and uh, change in the education committee. Um, so the, the secret vote, I, I mean, what you're saying is that they 
decided they, not to yeah. decide that yeah. until later in the session. But and, as a result, then, they did the secret vote. Right. And, and they they placed the, um, the chairs on the committees. And even though it was done the old way, uh, as I understand it, nothing particularly... I don't know. I don't think surprising out of maybe somebody, maybe somebody saw something that they totally didn't expect in this whole thing. But nothing super surprising uh, in terms of how that happened. Um, and so yeah, so they now get going with the legislature's business itself. Governor is going to get sworn in today. Now, that's about all that's going to happen. Actually, all the state constitutional uh, yes. positions are are being right. sworn in. Uh, regents and all these different ones. It's a very lengthy list, and that all gets underway this afternoon. Yes. Um, and so they get going, yes, uh, uh, probably get going in in earnest with committee meetings, and now that they've got those set, and bill introduction is going to be a huge thing here over the next few days. These are always the days where you hear every idea that every legislator has <laughs> for, and, and normally the ones, and we're about to get to this in, in number four, but normally the ones that seem to make the news tend to be the ones that probably aren't going to, you know. Go anywhere, yeah. But maybe not, don't even ever see the legislative floor uh, that they, they end up getting. But those are usually the most, frankly, interesting ones to discuss. So, speaking of which. Number four. Could get a proposed constitutional amendment as early as today. That according to uh, Chris Dunker, uh, his story's in the Journal Star. That's uh, State Senator Steve Erdman is going to um, put a constitutional amendment before the unicameral that would end the unicameral. So he wants a two-house legislature. Um, and he said about his idea for this, this is this is what it would look like. Now you would you would still have the one of one house that is kind of like the house basically the house of representatives that's based on population where for instance um lincoln's got several representatives and and some you know smaller towns may just have one representative so he's got that one but he does want to expand the membership in that house to 62 so theoretically mark in that situation it'd be like the current unicam but the the senator or house member per voter ratio would be smaller. Correct. Okay, the, then he wants to add the other house, which would be akin to the U.S. Senate, uh, where you would have thirty one members. Do the math: ninety three counties divided by three, you get thirty one members. So each member represents three counties, um, regardless of population. And so that would be the the thought is that if you add that house. You've got one of the branches of the legislature that get, puts uh, some of the more rural areas on equal footing in terms of numbers than than does the current Unicam system. And so it'd that's be like the, the Senate. That's the theory. US yeah, it's. It, I mean, it's, it's it's what a lot of states do, and yep. and and there are some people who want to see this. I know. Um, you know, even the, the kind of the, the leadership in the Republican Party has said. Uh, that it's time to to look in to doing something like this. I tend to think my guess is, and I don't have a super intimate knowledge of the position of every legislator on this, but my guess is I still think there's enough sort of pride in the uniqueness of this and belief in the concept 
of of what happens in Nebraska that there's you know there's not going to be and, and it's a constitutional amendment anyway so it have to be the legislature and then it would have to go to a vote right um, right and so and I don't know what the people would do with this I mean I really don't well Erdman is quoted I'd probably not change yeah. it my guess is probably not change it yeah. Erdman was quoted in the articles saying quote I'm not naive to think that people living in the east are going to say this is a good idea because the unicameral works really good for them end quote I don't know Sometimes so that, I tend to think just the opposite, to be honest. Well, in, in this kind of a situation, yeah, it does. I mean, there's a lot more. Well, I get his, the- I understand his theory. It's urban rural. But in practice, I mean, I'm, I mean, look at the property tax discussion. What has that been focused on for five years? You know, it, I mean, it feels like it's been that, that, and, and, and again, it's not to say, certainly, yes. With the amount of, of if you go straight up urban to rural, um, you've got you still have right, you still have a close division. It's still, you know, somewhat close to fifty fifty, depending on how you classify some of those things. But right. I, does it really feel like the, the urban areas are getting all the W's in the legislature? I don't know. Maybe I'm naive to it because I live in Lincoln. Or or maybe maybe I'm Immune to it, and I'm not seeing all the W's that that are are bi- bipartisan in nature, but more urban versus rural. Well, I, I think you can see it where they each have a, a win and a loss when you look at past abortion discussions and legislation and constitutional carry. You know, those are kind of uh, two. Yeah, but I don't look at those at all as urban-rural issues. Those are partisan issues. But they come down because the rural areas are a lot more conservative than the urban areas. Maybe, but I mean, I think this goes more to things like that are a lot more clean, like a truly bipartisan. Republicans and Democrats in Lincoln and Omaha are going to be on the same page of something. And Republican, and to the extent there are Democrats in you know in 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 more rural areas are going to be united on something that's i mean that's i'm not uh, sure there's a democrat in the rural areas yeah, i don't i don't I'm, they're, they're probably there might yeah. be a, there might be a couple but that that's an interesting characterization of what's going on I'd be curious i'd be curious what people who watch the legislature very closely think about whether or not that's there's, i understand it in theory i understand it in theory because the numbers are what the numbers are in terms of, of population. But when you ban them together, urban versus rural, I assume that's pretty close. Depending on how you define it, that's still pretty close to 50-50, right? Uh, yeah, probably. Where's Brent Martin when you need him <laughs> for <their> analysis? <laughs> All right, moving on. Number three. Lincoln Lancaster County Health Department says COVID-19 cases decreased over the past week from 362 to 271. But the risk dial remains elevated yellow for a fifth week. Flu cases also down, RSV cases down. But there's a new Omicron subvariant known as XBB.1.5 that they say is spreading like wildfire across the country. All right. Well, I, do, I mean, it was it was just one year ago that after the holidays, it got like really bad again. You remember that? Yep. That was when my family had it after the holidays. Caught it over the holidays, and 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 again, we've heard about different variants. We've heard about surges that are coming, and luckily, it hasn't hasn't been something that's really impacted just sort of 
the general population in in life affected. Now, obviously, uh, th- there have been individual cases, hospitalizations. I'm not saying nobody's gotten it, but it just hasn't turned into this sort of life changing for everyone situation again. Uh, Although some sc- schools doesn't. in New York and Massachusetts talking about bringing back mask mandates, oh, so. Yeah, you know, no. once those things start to uh, manifest in sounds oh. like that, they can be picked up elsewhere. Man, oh, please. I do not want to go back down that road. I do. Wow. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's hope with this pot. It, it, good initial news. We'll say that. Good initial news coming out of the holidays uh, when a lot of people were gathering. But that's kind of been that's what it's been for most of a year. Mm-hmm. That's what it's been for most of a year. Number two. Amazon announced plans to lay off more than 18,000 employees as the global economic outlet uh, is worsening. Several teams uh, affected, human resources, uh, Amazon stores. Um, and there's also some been some question, heard from some of our uh, Omaha area people, that the big Amazon building there in uh, La Vista, Gretna uh, area, uh, hasn't even started to look oh people. really yeah. really they not it's not moving as quickly that was a not, big, that was a big deal when they got that yeah so uh, i'm not sure they're even hiring for that yeah Eighteen thousand. now they they employ like 1.5 1.6 million people so that's a, a you know not even a full percent of um of who they got but it is pretty indicative mark i mean you talk about kind of a good harbinger of the economy, I would think that Amazon is, it's become such a central point of retail for so many things that if the economy is in bad situation, they're going to feel it at Amazon uh, as much as anywhere else on a yeah. huge scale. Right. Given given that. The only, the only employer that employs more people in the United States is Walmart. Walmart would be the other one, too, but that's, a, you know, maybe... They've got a lot more brick and mortar. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, that's a little bit different. And uh, so this gives you an idea. This gives you an idea of, of the, the real world situation with the economy. And 18,000 employees. Look, can you imagine? But I was, just, I was just thinking about that. We pulled up the top 10 employers in the United States earlier on the show and we on the sound off. And Walmart's of over 2 million. Amazon's 1.5 million. Like, that's mind boggling to even think about a single company having that sort of everything that comes along with having that many employees and what a giant giant corporation these are i mean think about it all of the all of the you know the human resources and all of the things that go along into that and just the logistics of of everything of even laying off 18,000 people it's crazy it's crazy. My hometown had a thousand people. Yeah. So, so when you start talking, and obviously those numbers are not just all one area, right? That's just that's a lot going on to to make those kinds yeah. of decisions. Yeah. Plus, you wonder how many people there, you know, change, uh, you know, through people quit, they retire, what their turnover uh, is. I mean, you know, you look at eighteen thousand layoffs, but they probably have a, a attrition rate that's higher than that. It, it was interesting, too, Mark. One of the things you said, I think Amazon had a few sort of experimental brick-and-mortar stores. Amazon stores in some Amazon sto- Probably in big urban centers, yep. I would guess, in, in you know downtown Manhattan and, and that sort of thing is my guess, where they would probably try that. That might not have been such a great experiment. Uh, that, and, and, you know, the other thing that was highly touted uh, what, in the last couple of years, but now has really gone off, the radar entirely was uh, drone delivery by Amazon. 
in some yeah, of these Yeah, I mean, I assume they're still I assume they're still experimenting and and doing that sort of thing. Um, and that down the road, that's something that they're going to try, but obviously hasn't been something where it's it's moved too far into into our lives at this point. Still, give me that two day delivery. It's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean, that's whenever we're shopping for something as bad as it is. First place we check availability and prices is we pull up Amazon. Yeah, I, uh, I'll I'll do that just to to see if it's available. But I still try to buy it. Go locally. local. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred yeah. percent. Absolutely. Number one. Southwest Airlines offering 25,000 frequent flyer points to passengers affected by their flight cancellations over the holidays. Uh, That's uh, about $300 worth of airfare. CEO Bob Jordan released an apology. And uh, for those affected, well, yeah, we were. We had flights scheduled on Southwest Christmas Day. I don't think we're going to get the points, though, because we went ahead. Because you canceled? Canceled. Uh, the Thursday before, because it was just obvious that you know they were not oh, going to be recovered. You better call and check. You better call Bob and and see if uh, you get those twenty five grand. Because you were still affected by it. Yeah, we were, but we you know did it proactively because we wanted the trip to we wanted to make the trip. So, how's uh, is is uh, twenty five thousand points? Does that get you anywhere? I don't know. Like I don't well, even it depends know. Depends where you're going. Yeah, I just didn't know how much a, a point. I should look up how it's much. About, they said it's about three hundred dollars in airfare. Oh, that's not going to get you. Well, I guess if it's per person, I guess that's well, and, and it depends on you know if you're booking. I can't out, fly to California today for three hundred dollars. I'll bet you can. If you want to go out, not on if a, you want to go. If you want to go today. on a Tuesday, and no, we had, so my wife's mom lives in California, and we looked up what flights might be in the summer. Yeah, it's like four hundred fifty bucks a person. Really, round trip. Round trip, yeah, but yeah. but still, it's. I'm not going to go one way. <laughs> right. I'm just curious. I'm going to look up like what I would consider probably something that would be a like a low uh, a, a low price like uh, going just from Omaha to Midway for instance later in in January if I'm trying to do that. What what's the lowest? Okay, I can get one way. Now there's some ridiculous things where there's like three stops, but I can do that for about 160 bucks each way. 150 bucks each way on average. Um, so there are some out there, but yeah, I looked at like for instance, I you know I looked at some places like Arizona and he, but now of course I'm looking at times when everybody's looking, spring break type time, those sorts of things, just because I was curious if you could do it, and it's a, I mean it's a fortune, right? Well, now. think about the people that were just traveling over the holidays. That's when a lot of people That's are true. looking. So that's true. They probably were doing the same thing. They probably played an arm and a leg for those things too uh to actually to get there yeah mark what do you think uh, for me to get let's see let's say i wanted to get into uh into phoenix go watch some spring training baseball when it's really warm out there let's see what i can do that for uh i bet it's not going to be good not going to be good at all uh 200 275 300 275 300 each one each way well yeah. uh, in, uh actually up to on the way back it's worse it's about three 350 360 you want to go to vegas in may from omaha it's 183 dollars okay. one way 173 uh one way and 173 bring back, back like the i remember paying double digits for flights actually we frontier got, had some uh, i believe they were 20 yeah 23 dollar flights uh, over the holidays uh 23 
Yeah, it was $23 one way because it was 2023. There was a very limited number, but they had that uh, promotion. Where was it, too? Dubuque or something? (laughs) Uh, All right, let's finish this thing off. What was that? Number one. That was number one. No, everything's going fast today. That was it? All right, I guess we're done. We're just flying today. All right. Uh, Not for 25,000 flyer points, but... Coming up during the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to have Robin and David. They have done their full audit on restaurants opening and closing in 2022. They'll tell us the results coming up. What do you Always think? More open than close? Uh, it's been that, that. That's what it's trended, and I wouldn't. I can't imagine coming out of the pandemic. I would think it'd be more open than close, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been the trend. But then it's also interesting to see chains versus local, uh, types of cuisine, what seems to be hot that's opening. Um, you know where where the closings they, are, they probably, types, parts of town. If they were uh, tracking CBD stores, THC, Jeez. you know, cannabis medical. Man, you got to be close to hitting the bubble. Um, or vape stores. <laughs> You've got to. Well, they combine them in a lot of them now. Yep. You have got to be close to hitting the bubble on that. I don't see how some of them make money. Um, just because the, I mean, they are everywhere, everywhere. All right, we will. Uh, plus, we've got uh, Ken Dewey, Doctor Ken Dewey, to you. Uh, joining us at 8.35 today, our weather and climate guru, to tell us, hey, is winter over? I'm just kidding. It's not over. But how good could January be? We'll see. 7.55, we'll take a break. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. When you Sofgren. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, with the new year comes a continuation of having a lot of fun on Fridays with Request Line Friday, and we... Uh, do the same tomorrow. We kick off the new year of Request Line Fridays with an opportunity for you to request the song that, uh, for you personally, is going to set the tone for your 2023. We're calling it New Year Energy, 2023 Energy. And so whatever that is for you, think about it today. We just got a request it... from Europe. Really? Someone just texted in from Europe. Somebody's listening in Europe? Huh. One of our regular listeners is currently oh, he's in, in Europe. In Europe gotcha. but, but still... Gotcha. That's good. Dedication. So, to text in whatever that uh, whatever that song is for you, if you want to give us a little explainer on why you picked it, you don't have to. Uh, but text those in uh, now, today, when you think of it, as soon as possible, because this is just it, it's better for those of you who get them in early. You get your song featured more prominently. You don't get squeezed into the blitz at the very end. I don't know where I'm going with this yet, Caleb. For myself, do you have something picked yet? I've had a couple of ideas, but I'm going. I'm still going back and forth on. I'm it. trying to. I'm trying to figure out my own, my own idea for a topic and how I apply it to what I would do, and it's a little bit right. difficult. So, we'll see. We'll see. I'll have something by six twenty tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be what we get to the fusion of music and talk radio. You didn't know you need. We'll have a lot of fun with Request Line Friday coming up tomorrow. All right, uh, we are ten minutes away from Robin Eshleman, Dave Albers, the Girl Lincoln team. We'll go over that list of the restaurants that opened and closed in 2020. I remember some things that we had totally forgotten had happened in 2022. And then uh, Dr. Ken Dewey, our weather and climate guru, he makes his monthly appearance. We keep seeing all these forecasts that things are going to stay warm here in the capital city for quite some time into January. How long does that last, and when does winter come back? Dr. Dewey will have the answers. It's 8 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. From the Slofgren.
Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 810 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 28 degrees in the capital city. And uh, Thursday mornings at 810, we... Uh, Talk retail, restaurants, businesses, opening, closing, moving, economic development with Robin Eshelman, Dave Albers. Robin, Dave, good morning. How are you doing today? Hi, guys. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, and uh, Robin and Dave are here today with their 20, uh, 2022 year in review when it comes to restaurants and uh, the things that we've been covering and talking about in terms of closings and openings. They've been doing this since uh, 2013. Um, and taking a look at the closing and openings, looking at the trends, uh, and, uh, and kind of breaking it down a little bit. And it's always kind of interesting to see, um, not only local versus national, different types of cuisines, types of areas of the city, all of those things with this. Um, Robin, I guess I'll, I'll ask you first before we get into some of the details on this, anything sort of just to, you look at the bigger numbers uh, in terms of openings and closing, anything seem like it was a big change in trends from what you've seen in this in past years? It was a record year for openings Although you have to remember that the last two years we didn't have, we were under. So, you know, we're kind of making up for some lost time here. But the best year since 2013, for okay. yeah. which was when all those restaurants by the arena were open. Right. Around. So 37, uh, what, 37 opened in this year, and that was the highest number since 2013, which was 41. You had 26 that closed, so you had a net gain there. Of nine, I don't see a net get, gain of nine. We we had one in twenty fifteen. Uh, fifteen. So twenty fifteen was the last time you've had that big of a net gain, right? Um, so to your point, yeah, we we surprisingly had way more openings and closings, right? Right, uh, disproportionately, but still, our average is uh, since we've been doing this twenty nine closes and. Uh, 31.3 openings. Okay. And that has been so really... Sli- slight growth every that's year. That's been yeah. really consistent. It, mm. The average has been that we net one or two of them, you know, every every year. One thing, too, I want to say about restaurants, because this came up on our Facebook page. People said, you know, do you count food trucks? You know, what about such and such of a coffee shop that opened? We don't have time to track coffee shops, bars, cookie places, juice, food right. trucks, um, and we would be happy to crowdsource volunteers that, <laughs> that want to help us count those. What we count is restaurants where primary, you know, where it appears that their menu or their revenue is primarily derived from food. They do two meals a day at least, so that's how okay. we define right. restaurants, and that's part. That's mostly a time constraint. Okay. Um, go, going back through this already, things I forgot about, both opening and closing right. and 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 then you you also kind of you go through the closings and i'm like oh man it was kind of a, a rough year for places that were somewhat popular here in the capital city uh or had been around a decent amount of time uh do you want to just kind of go through the list guys and, yeah. and we can oh, comment it oh, as we oh, go 
let's let's do the the sad stuff first. Okay. The closes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, number one uh, that we were going to start off with was Nitro Burger. Uh, that's a very sad one. Yeah, love that place. Wendy's on uh, North Forty Eighth, uh, Lupa Express, and Backyard Burgers. It was backyard? Was that that last year? Seems like it's been a lot of years since that's been close. But Car- right. yeah, Korea House, CJ Neighborhood Bar and Grill. La Paloma and Lawn Lawn House downtown closed. And then we had uh, the Little King's closed. You know, there's one on Cornhusker. There's one on South Street. And then there was one on uh, 13th Street, as well as Dino's and Valentino's Buffet that I think a lot of people are sad about. Oh, oh, man, those two. That's a one-two punch combo there for me, personally, on those two. And Big Sal's Pizza. There's, There's a third punch. Yeah. And... Stir twenty two. Now that they just closed the one on Winthrop Road. Okay. Yeah, they, so they still, still exist. They still, still exist. They still have a sister store downtown. Uh, pe- yep. uh, people who like that place are very they they rave about that place. Good so. food. I've I've yeah. had it. Good yep. food. Yeah. All right. Uh, Granny Weaves shut down. Boxcar Barbecue up in Havelock closed. Asara at Seventeenth and Pine Lake. Dami Dami downtown and uh, Cumbia's at Gateway Food Court closed. Okay. And then at the Pantheon at Edgewood, the Parthenon, excuse me, uh, Parthenon at Edgewood, which had been there a long time. Long time presence. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Cocky's Kitchen. Chicken. Chicken. I'm having a hard time this morning. I can just. Wow. I might have to have you. Cocky's Chicken. I went to that place last year before they closed. It was it was good. I kind of liked it. Chicken and Cocky's Chicken and Beer, I believe it was what it was called. So. Uh, as well as Fly Dogs and... Now, now, Fly Dogs told us they didn't close. They're relocating. Right. But the end of the calendar year, you know, okay. whatever year you reopen, we will announce right. it that so year. So maybe they'll have an opening, yeah, in 2020. Maybe the first that may on the list show for 2023. up in our 2023 numbers. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Juicy Lou's, which... Uh, Is that the place but, opened in Hickman? No, that, that was, that was, there was one in Hickman also. Okay. This is the one that we're talking about at 1245... Uh, Libra down by Southwest High School. Down by Southwest High School, okay. both of those you know, ended up closing. Okay, and to- Tokyo Bo Gourmet Grill that was out in Sun Valley. Okay, this one Franco's Fresh Mexican, which is up in the that trio of brand new restaurants up on in University Place and that new apartment complex. Oh, that building. was they closed already. Yeah, that was like the burrito place. The of Mexican. The, of, they were sort of. It, it was sort of, I mean, it felt to me like they were trying to do something sort of like a Chipotle type thing there. Something, yeah. As I could, from from what I could tell. Yeah. I didn't know that. That, that, that per- happened. must have happened a few days ago because it says permanently Ooh, There's closed. a few, that, those a few that, that, that hurt a little bit on there. I'm just yeah. looking through, I don't know, uh, if I, I'm trying to remember how many of these were actually in our, uh, our Munch Madness mm. just this mm. last year. Um Oh, Big Sal's might have been. Boxcar Barbecue was in it. Yeah. Because I went there right after we started. Uh, Fly Dogs was in it, I'm pretty sure. Um, that may be all from that list. 
There is a replacement for Boxcar. We will announce that on our Facebook page before too long. In in terms of the the location and Havelock? There's a replacement coming, yeah. 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 Uh, And then in just terms of the previous Munch Madness competitor, Nitro Burger was in the best burger competition, I believe. Both of them, Lawn House was popular in the when we did the International Foods ones, uh, Lawn House. So was Stir 22. Granny Weaves got to the championship for our uh, barbecue one years ago. Um Isara has been in the bracket before. Parthenon has been a finalist before. Um, the Fly Dogs, like I said. So, yeah, in terms of just, uh, not that it's the greatest measure, but I kind of use the Munch Madness bracket as as sort of a, a rough estimate of just how popular places are. And some of these places do continue on as food trucks or catering. Parthenon, right. for so instance. So if, bra- if your heart is breaking, check their Facebook page and see if they're still maybe doing a food truck somewhere. And there are still Valentinos in town as and well. And there's yes. plenty of those. Yes. Yeah. It's just killing me to see them redo that. Just, I mean, I'm sure the medical facility would be great, but it just kills Especially me. Especially if you stub your toe. <laughs> yeah. It just kills me to see that. All right. Uh, let's do uh, happier news. Open. Happy news. All right. What do we got opening? Or Mo- had opened in this year? Motor Food went to 48th and Vine. Yep. Wahlburgers up in Hy-Vee store up on North 27th. Elle's Kitchen at 17th and Van Dorn. Rain is on the run on North Cottoner, north of Gateway Mall, up up there a little further. Um, and then a Wendy's at South 27th and Pine Lake. All right. Uh, also, uh, Firehouse Subs at uh, about 56th. Edgewood. Edgewood. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Uh, Taco Bell uh, in the Fallbrook area. No. No, Seven, that's the one up by the, and by the new Highway gas station. Two. Yeah. By by Sopa, oh, yeah. by Sopatopia, right in that mm-hmm. area. Okay, I might yes. just have to quit today because <laughs> that's three times I'm out. So uh, wow, uh, I am not having a good day. Go ahead, Mrs. Robin. Chin at um, Alamo Center Alamo at oh, fi- I don't remember that one. Fifty sixth and Highway Two. I know some of these we talk about. And I there's always them. been like House of Hunani sorts of things, at, and mm-hmm. so I think she went into one of those spaces. Which, by the way, I really like that House mm-hmm. of Hunan that used to be there. Yeah, we went there yeah. a lot. Yeah, and then as we mentioned, they closed Franco's Fresh Mexican oh, Grill. Never good if you're on the same list. It was the, the same, same year. Both that, the yeah, same it was like eight months or something like that. Yep. Um, and Dak Shack and Lincoln. I went there this pub. year. I went to both of those places this year. Again, they this is you good. and I place. If you, yep. if you're just joining yep. us, I won yep. both of those places. Um, all right, Dave. Uh, Robin, go ahead. Go, all right, Robin, just finish and it. Cumbia's a gateway. I think that was another one that opened oh, on and both cl- lists. closed in the same yeah. year. If we got that right, yep. yeah. Abladaros. They went to the Highlands. Okay. Um, Faux and Grill went to 84th and Van Dorn. I took a picture of that one and sent it to you guys when they had you a sign that they were opening. I, I broke that story. Yeah. I did. Yes. Yes. And Vic's Pizza at uh, 84th and Glen. By the way, I've been, I've been there. That's pretty good. They made the bracket, I think, like weeks after opening last year yeah uh, on, yeah on that's been really popular pizza yeah. all right go ahead robin sabor latino opened up in university place on north 48th street pita and non we didn't have too many downtown openings okay that's <laughs> haven't for the last couple of years but they opened at 14th and 0 okay 
and uh, Vernon Ellis. I haven't been there. Speedway, Speedway Village. Okay. I have not been there either, mm. but they have always had a fan crowd. And Hoya, what, Hoya and uh, hey, oh, yeah. Robin and ha- also Hoya. 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 Hell, oh, hell yeah. Fresh, yeah. Off, fresh yeah. off their run to the championship in Munch Madness this year. Okay. Uh, they opened up by oh, in the South Point area. The Albers and yeah. Eshelman families convened and That's went right. there, yeah. and we absolutely loved it. it we was did good. like it. Very, it was good. Very, very good stuff. Uh, Lily Mays. Uh, Lila. Lila Mays. May, forget it. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I don't know why I can't read today or pronounce today. Go, Robin. Lila, Lila May's Southern <laughs> Kitchen went to um, Rathbone Village at, 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 over near like about 31st and South Street. Okay. Um, Mallory's is a breakfast place, and they went. Oh, in I don't remember hearing about that. Downtown one. Lincoln. Okay. Yeah, they were one of two or three that opened downtown. Okay. Um, Oishi Japanese Steakhouse. That took a long time, but that finally did open up on Cornusker Highway and okay. 27th in an old village. Here's in. one I can pronounce. Little Caesar's Pizza. <laughs> just waiting to pounce no, on be, the ones he can do. Be careful on the address. I was pretty sure you were going to come in and say Little Caesar's. <laughs> <laughs> That's out by the air, in Air Park. Way northwest. Up, up by yeah. a grocery store in Air Park. Okay. Um. Sh- Chef Shawarma Restaurant. This is this is a big hit. You got a North Forty Eighth is all over this list. That they opened up on Forty Eighth and Vine. There's a cluster of about three or four fast food restaurants right there, and they're getting rave reviews. Okay, mm-hmm. keep going, Robin. Masa Sushi at Seventeenth and Pine Lake. Right by Hayoya. Yeah. By yeah. hell yeah, yeah. And Domino's Pizza. Oh, I could have pronounced that one. Okay. Sorry. You want to say where it's at? No, go ahead. <laughs> 28th and Pine Lake. Yeah, that, that just opened like maybe two or three weeks ago. Cadoba at 29th and Yankee Hill Road. Okay. That's Dave's shopping center that he manages. Um, a breakfast place at 47th and Vine, again, in that cluster yes. of retail. So B&T's Diner. They do breakfast and, I think, lunch there. Um, Laziz Pizza, which is very mysterious. No website, nothing for them. But they're at, I remember you bringing them up. They are at 838 North 27th, so okay. around the Vine Street area. Okay. Chipotle. 27th and Superior and Panera 27th and Superior they had soft openings right around the holidays and New Year's it's probably okay to go you know I mean I always say grant great grace and mercy the first few weeks you know Um, well and good is that new restaurant at Innovation Campus that opened this past year Metal Grill at Edgewood Fleetwood at 801 O Street. That was just a few weeks ago. Yeah, that, you had that on the show. That I think. opened Las Gonzales. It's a Hispanic restaurant at Cornhusker Highway and North First Street. Taj Ali at 15th and Pine Lake, across the street from Costco. I can do this one. I hop. Yes. <laughs> Where? 29th and Pine Lake. There you go, Dave. So I got through one full 
name and address. Here's what I notice is that, man, there's high concentrations in two spots that I notice. That that North 48th, Unit Place, sort of East Campus area, number one. And then number two is the South Point area, the 27th and Pine Lake. Like, I feel yeah. like if you take those two, it's almost half of the restaurants that opened yeah. in the city. We're in one of those two areas. Yeah, we're crunching the numbers here, but it looks like it was really pretty split between um, O Street going north and south of O Street. As a matter of fact, there I think there were more that were north than were south, and it's been that way for the last couple years. We, um, ha- but that but that hits that North Forty Eighth uh, Street corridor. Yeah, I mean, so, just tons, tons there. There are like five, six, seven, eight, nine of them on that list. Unfortunately, the closures are higher on the north side too, uh, from what we have, and that's where it was last year yeah. too. Um, you know, when we were calculating these, like seventy percent that opened were um, local restaurants. Yeah, yeah, that's good to see. 70 and unfortunately the closing numbers are similar to that too but there's more people trying and yeah. Yeah. Uh, trying on on those as well so very interesting all right well hey uh, we're out of time uh, but i do appreciate the breakdown on this and kind of looking back at what happened and and some of those trends and people can continue the discussion on your social media if we have the list of the closings and a list of the openings and their addresses on the grow lincoln facebook page all right there you go all right Hey, uh, we're out of time. Thanks so much, Robin, Dave. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Thursday. All right. Thanks, Thanks. guys. There you go. That's the Grow Lincoln team. It's 826 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 837. Welcome back, LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Normally talk to Greg Sharp at this time, but he is... uh, he is off this week, and so uh, I thought, hey, uh, we're early in the in the month and in the year, and I uh, want to make sure and get Dr. Ken Dewey on when we get a chance to do so as we look ahead to what's on tap for the rest of this winter. And so he joins us right now on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline. Good morning, Dr. Dewey. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I thought for a pro- minute there was a problem because I couldn't hear you, but I do hear you I, now. I'm here. Good I am. I'm here, yeah. Uh, good morning, Jack, and good morning, Lincoln, and uh, welcome to January and a new year. Exactly. Let's it, it, let's real quick though look back because we had quite the unique situation weather-wise during uh, December, which we talked a little bit about in advance of, and then it came to pass. Uh, I hope you can tell me statistically uh, it is very unlikely that we're going to have a worth worse at least temperature and wind chill situation than we had for a few days here in December. You know, Jack, when I'm on the air, almost everybody associates me with Ken's on the air. Something bad has happened or is about to ready to happen. But at least I don't have a story about what's about ready to happen that's bad. But we can look back at December. You know, this is our worry about this winter is the cold air is really bottled up in the Arctic. And when it breaks through, there's not much to stop it. And that's what we saw in December is a, a cold wave that in later in winter would have produced 20 to 30 below zero temperatures. We reached 13 below zero. And thank goodness for us in Lincoln, we didn't get much snow, so we didn't have to worry about going out and plowing the streets with temperatures and wind chills that were extremely cold. That was a one-off, I hope, for this winter at least for the near future. But December was an unusual month in that we hadn't seen cold like that in a long time. Jack, we were at a high below zero. That's how bad it was. We had January 1, it was back up to 50. Mm -hmm. We were 40 degrees below normal at one point in the middle of that cold wave. 
But yet, Jack, the year averaged slightly above normal. So as bad as that was, it, it didn't it didn't make the whole year colder than normal. It was just really a bad event that could happen again. And I worry about February. We'll talk a little bit Ugh. about the future in a few All minutes. Right. Um, and then snow-wise, you mentioned this, but uh, unlike some parts of the state, you know, there was a little bit here, but it didn't end up being a lot. The dry air kind of took over in that event. And yeah. there haven't been really, you know, you've had a couple of trace, maybe up, maybe an inch events. Uh, so far this winter, but I've got to imagine we're we're pretty low on on snowfall that we typically have for this time of year. Jack, we're way below normal on snowfall. We've had 1.6 inches of snow, but that's not the way it is when you go out to the western and northwestern part of the state, north central area of the state. You know, a few years ago, we had that incredible snowstorm after snowstorm, and the snow was really deep on the ground. Snowfall paths seem to get stuck. It seems like this to be a pattern. You know, if we use these analogies of a football team, it's like doing the same play over and over again and getting more successful at it. Well, the storms have been tracking from the southwest all the way up through central Nebraska into South Dakota into Minneapolis. Minneapolis right now is having one of the snowiest winters on record. And the north central part of our state yesterday had a total snowfall of a foot to a foot and a half. So the snowfalls have missed us so far, and my friend Rusty and I get really angry when people use the phrase, Lincoln has a dome that protects us from precipitation and snowfall. Well, I'm going to use it this morning. Our dome is holding firm. And at this point, I have a map in front of me showing all the snowfall in the area through the third week in January, and the Lincoln area should get about a half inch of snow total. Wow. So it's still scary because that could change and the pattern could uh, could move. And to use that football analogy, you can be touchdowns ahead and say we've got the game won when all of a sudden the pattern changes and those paths of snowfall come right over the top of Lincoln. Yeah. But right now, it, that has been the big feature of one of our driest years on record um, for the for last year in Nebraska and for Lincoln, Nebraska, it was exceptionally dry. We we were almost 10 inches below normal for the year. Yeah. We're not going to make up that moisture now. Um, and thank goodness, because 10 inches would be a hundred inches, a hundred inches of snow. But um, so we were 9.42 inches below normal for precipitation it was the 15th driest. So it wasn't the driest on record. So going from December, which was basically dry, and we mm-hmm. had that incredible cold snap, we're now in a warm spell. And so far this month, only four days, um, a couple of the highs were slightly below normal, but the lows have been way above normal, and the month is averaging above normal. And Jack, I go out, you know, the next two weeks, and I look at if we wanted to look at all the lows are above normal. That's pretty amazing. And when I'll put out the graph after the, the show this morning, and this all that red is just amazing. And then the highs, we've got four or five highs in the next 15 days that are slightly below normal. So the extremes, and you know how extreme it can be. Like the record high today is 68. Well, wait, we're not going to have 60-degree weather. But the record low is 20 below, and the record low tomorrow is 25 below. So you know and I know it can be a lot worse. Um, right. It feels like January, It is, but, you know, it's it's not as bad as it could be. That's my positive statement. Yeah, it, I mean, you look out, and I I pulled up some of your data on the on the LincolnWeather.unl.edu website, and so today – 
So January 5th, the average high is 35. We've just gone down from 36 a few days before this. And then the average low is 15. And really all of January, the average low is 15 or 14. And the average high is 35 or 36, really, for the most part. So, I mean, with a little bit of an exception on the lows, I mean, we're looking at we're looking at like slightly above average on all of it, right? Uh, just well, just for the next couple of weeks, the month will be warmer than normal at this rate. Yeah. But it's not so much the highs; the lows have been exceptionally warm. When you have lows that are typically in the uh, supposed to be in the mid-teens, and so far this month. Um, we had a low on January 1 of 25 and a low on January 2 of 31 and a low of January 3, 29, a low on January 4th of 29. That's way above the normal of 15. Mm-hmm. So the characteristic feature of this winter is we don't have this, the moisture. We're not having the snowstorms. Yeah. We're not having the cold waves. And all of the computer models keep saying and hinting like it's going to happen. And several people that I revere very much in the field of long-range forecasting, in communication with them, they say they, this is unusual. They don't see a pattern like this in the past where all that cold is bottled up in the Arctic and doesn't come down into the lower 48 states. Mm-hmm. My fear was when we were in the middle of that cold wave, well, we're done. This is the way it's going to be the rest of the winter. But it doesn't look that way. So at this point, and if we, in the past, we have to worry about February. That's our snowiest month, Jeff. Yeah, yeah. And some of our heaviest snowfalls have occurred in February and March. So we have to worry about the month of February yet. And remember, two years ago, when we set a record low down to 30 below zero. So let's, let's hope we're not going to see a flip in the switch right now, two weeks of solid warmer than normal lows with just a few highs above normal, but very little precipitation, and that does concern all of us in the field of climatology. We would like to get some more water onto the ground. Right. But that gets you through two-thirds of January. I mean, and and, and like I always talk about chopping off weeks, but but you're right. I mean, with what what did you say, 1.6 inches of snow so far, and maybe, you know, very little that looks like it's coming down in the next two weeks, um, obviously a huge storm could change everything in January or February and March. We've seen that over and over again, but at least the way it's trending is looking like last year when it was a very dry winter. Um, and, and we'll see. You, you, you just alluded to all this, how, how it might change. Uh, but the interesting difference from last year was that, if I recall, we were way above average temperature several times in the month of January um, and, and maybe in February as well. And, now, and, and this one we're just seeing, as you said, the slight variations above average on, on the lows especially. Jack, that's exactly it, and this is probably the the strangest winter and of all the winters I've looked at, uh, the fact that it's not going to stay brutally cold, but there's no snow, mm-hmm. and last yeah. year we had a total of five inches of snow, 5.1 inches, and yet the year before we had... 49 inches of snow, four feet of snow. And then the year before, only 17. The year before that, 2018-19, we had 55.5 inches of snow, four and a half feet of snow. So obviously the potential's there. Lincoln, Nebraska can get a lot of snow. But last year, 5.1 inches. And at this point, we are actually less, well, let me look. Yeah, we are less snow than we had on this date total a year ago. Wow. So. Huh. And and that ended up being one of the lowest of all time. Right. 
And then if we look at, Jack, the, the timing of snow, and, you know, you and I have already noticed that the days are going to start getting longer, and they have, and we start talking about chopping off days of winter. I like that, too, because mm-hmm. when I go outside, if it's cold, I'll go, hey, you know what? It's not as bad as it could be, and the other good news is it's one less day of winter temperatures, yeah. of, you know, really bitter cold temperatures. You know, the average temperature keeps falling. You said, okay, it was 15, now it's 14 for the average low. It's, it reaches the minimum about the third week in January. And then the temperatures begin to warm. It's about a month between the solstice and the coldest week on average. Snowfall does the same. And I'll put this up a little bit later on today, uh, the graph of daily snowfall. January 24th is the middle. It's the median. It's the halfway point between all of the snows that have occurred over the last 100 years. So the earliest snowfalls in September, the latest snowfall is in May. We've had five May snowfalls since 1900, but little snows. The January 24th, when you go to January 25th, half of the snow season is behind you. But some years, our last snowfall is in February. So we could be just a few weeks away yeah. from our last snowfall. We'll see, you know, but that's possible. In, in ter- so uh, what, another way of putting it then, in terms of the whole snow season, a potential snow season, we're uh, a few minutes left in the second quarter before halftime. Exactly. Yeah. And then we'll see what the second half looks like. You know, this is a dangerous place to live when it comes to predicting weather because things can change so rapidly. And years ago when I first came to Lincoln, a TV meteorologist said, well, there's only a few barbed wire fences between us and the, and the Arctic, and I think those fences just fell over. Here comes some below zero temperatures. There isn't anything to stop the cold air coming down the Great Plains. But right now, one of the things going for us, which is bad and good, we don't have a, a deep snow cover in our area. So all the vegetation is exposed to any cold wave that we have. But because we don't have a snow cover, the ground can warm during the daily sunshine. So if we'd had a foot of snow on our ground right now, we would have great difficulty reaching even normal temperatures. But it's it's a bare ground, and, and I think it's going to stay that way for a while. Um, yeah, and I know I got I can't get caught up in it though. I know because I know I start thinking I'm like, well, two weeks in January, you know, not not that cold, not that much snow. I've got to remember that February. I mean, it February can be very long, and it could very well could change um, a lot in the month of February. It sounds like that's my worry, and my the experts that I consult with on long range forecasting said that is our danger is a repeat of a couple years ago. But, you know, a couple of years ago, the heavy snows already began in January. And December had 11 inches, and January had 19 inches, and February then had another 16 inches. So that's why we had so much snow on the ground. But right now we're looking at a trace so far in January, and just one and a half inches, 1.6 inches in December. So you're right. I think I love that analogy. This is we're approaching halftime in our snow season. And it looks like so far, and the snow shield is holding for us, but it can change, but not in the next two weeks. Right. Yeah. Well, we'll take we'll take what we can get. Although, again, as you said, and, and by the way, yeah, what's the impact? Let's say we do have another low. You know, we've we've had in in the first half, almost to halftime, we've had almost maybe what three days, four days where there was snow cover, where there was consistent snow cover, very low. And that's what you had last year at this time. When you get that two years in a row, and, and it may not be the case, as, as we've said, but what's the impact of getting that two years in a row on, on vegetation and on the things that you were talking about? 
it's bad in many ways because the, the extreme cold will penetrate deeper into the ground and it can hurt the ornamental vegetation, of course, around our houses. The winter wheat is not protected because there's no snow cover on it. Probably the bigger implication is, is this a continuation of the drought? It's fascinating to see all the rain coming down in California and the snows in the mountains. They call that the Pineapple Express because the air is flowing from Hawaii. They sometimes call it, you know, a, a, a huge stream of water coming out of the ocean. Well, they they continue to get a lot of rain that'll help them erase their drought, which is decades long, but it's not going to get rid of it. Um, as long as we have that pattern continuing, the moisture doesn't get into us. We need Gulf moisture, and what's not happening this year is pulling up moisture from the Gulf of Mexico. By the time the Pacific moisture gets across the mountains to us, it's dried out and has dumped all of its snow over the Rockies. So if this pattern remains the same, our drought is not going to uh, be reduced, and we'll go into next spring you know, with 10 inches below normal in the ground, and right now the yeah. ground is dry way deep into it. So we're, we have to have a wet spring which again, the bad side is it's hard to get into the farm fields, but we need the moisture in the ground uh, to get a good start on our growing season. And right now, there are no signs of us breaking out of the drought. There's no signs of heavy snows coming our way. And there's no signs of any bitter cold returning, but it can happen very quickly. The one in December, two weeks before it happened, we could see it coming, and I kept alerting people on social media that it was coming, but it was going to be just, you know, a little colder than normal, 40 degrees below normal. We didn't see that. The computer models didn't see that. It just dumped all the cold air out of the Arctic. Mm -hmm. So that can happen. So, you know, somewhere down the line in the next couple of weeks, a couple of days below normal could turn to 30 degrees, 40 degrees below normal again, but it won't happen as far as we can see right now in the computer models. By the way, talking about, you're talking about the lack of snow last winter. I was looking at the daily highs in uh, January of last year. Nine days over 50, three days over 60 last year. And that's, that's what I'm curious about. We're not getting warmth. It's just the lack of cold. Yeah. This year, which is really, really weird. It's just, we're not getting that real warmth, but we're also, but you know, January 1 here was pretty nice. It was 50 degrees and I sat out on the deck and we actually cooked out on that day. Right. But you may not have, I mean, it looks like we're, you know, the, when it tops out, we're in the mid to high 40s uh, in this next two-week period, which is interesting. And then you go to February last year. I had forgotten this. 11 of 28 days in February last year were over 50, uh, several of those over 60. So I don't know if we're going to be able to reproduce that. And that's what's strange yeah. about this wet weather pattern, and that's why it doesn't repeat itself. And that's one of the things that we studied when I was actively teaching. The students could not find repeating patterns where we, oh, this is just like. We never found yeah. that. It's like every year is unique. Mm -hmm. You're right. I've looked out here through, um, through the 20th of the month, and we have a couple 45s that are listed. So no 50s and 60s. Man, we're still going to get punished for last winter. I know we are. We're oh. getting punished. It's coming. It's coming uh, in February. And that's my non-scientific prediction. <laughs> Jack, how do I turn you around to put a positive spin on this? I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess we'll get we'll get that snow cover that you needed. That's how you put a positive spin on it. 
And, when, and we haven't had much freezing rain either, have we? Yeah. No, and, and the times that it's been forecast, it generally hasn't been too bad. Although there's probably people who slipped in a driveway and who would disagree with me on that. I know, I know. Uh, so, Jack, I think overall the year is shaping up pretty good. Uh, there are some negative aspects, of course, the drought that we're still in. Um, and for most people, the lack of snow, they're probably happy with that. And the lack of bitter cold below zero temperatures, if we can keep that out of the area, they'll be happy as well. And the next thing you know, you and I will be talking about spring weather and thunderstorms and tornadoes. You know, there was thunder a couple nights ago. Did you hear that? Uh, yes, I did. We've had that a couple of times this winter. Yeah. So it's almost like spring is just wanting to come back. I but know. We'll have to wait and see. I don't want to tease everybody with that. What? But you know, Jack, the minute it turns on a dime, I'll be back on the air with you. Don't hesitate to call. Yeah, we won't. Next month, we'll have you on in February, and I'll have a lot of cargo shorts type talk ready for that one as we have the final month so. of meteorological winter. I think so. Hey, Dewey Weather on Facebook and K Dewey One on Twitter, where I do updates daily, sometimes twice, three times a day, updating what the weather pattern is and looking ahead to see any major changes that are going to take place. So, Jack, I consider you having me on the air today a positive weather day as opposed to doom and gloom Ken is on the air. It's rare. It's rare, but we get them every once in a while. Let's hope that holds true in February. Thank you. uh, Thank you, Ken. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you again next month. You're welcome, Jack. Take care, everybody, and Happy New Year. There you go, Dr. Ken Dewey. He is the best. 855, we'll take a break. Telling K today with Jack and Friends. Wrap it up for this on KLIN. I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, that is it for your show today. I love, I wish, uh, I, I wish I, I, I look forward so much to the days when we have Dr. Ken Dewey on. He is a treasure. He is a treasure. And, and I always get this way in the January and February interviews where I'm basically like just begging him to say that there isn't going to be any more winter. And I know that's not true. I know that's not true. But for two weeks, you know, we'll take the... We'll take the 30s and 40s and no snow, and we'll see what happens after that. All right. What do you need to know? Tomorrow's request line Friday. You can get a request in. You can get a song in. You can hear your name on the radio. You can even uh, tell a story, make a dedication, whatever that it is, uh, by texting in your song that you'd like to hear when we play music on a news and talk radio show to the Rick Stein Recognition Text Line, 402-479-1400. Your... Genre this week, 2023 energy. How are you shaping your attitude? What are you going into 2023 like if it could be put into a song? We'll see what everybody's got. I look forward to it. Yeah. I look forward to it. Might be an energizing day. We'll see. We'll see where people are mentally. What do they want? We will see. We will see where people are attitude-wise going into 2023. So we'll have a lot of fun with that. Tune in, turn it up, and get ready for uh, ready for a weekend. All right, that's it for the show. See you tomorrow. It is 9 o'clock on KLIM Lincoln.